coming to get you, Barbara. Here's some money. Go see a Star Wars. But I'm trying, Ringo. I'm trying real hard to be the shepherd. Welcome back to Long Walk Talks. My name is David Hensley. I'm the owner and creative director of Long Walk Productions, and I am joined today, as always, by my two co-hosts, Stan Wilson-Lee Hello. and Chris Wilson-Barnes. Are you open? <laughs> yes, we're open. I assure you, we're open. He notes. <laughs> he did. Chris is way prepared for this. I think you're more prepared for this discussion than you have ever been for uh, any of the episodes of This Is A Work. It freaks me out, man. Like, you don't even take notes for wrestling pay-per-views. Like... Why would I take notes on that rubbish? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. So if you haven't figured it out already, or if you didn't listen to our uh, prior episodes leading up to this, uh, we're following up our Quentin Tarantino Quarantino discussion uh, by focusing on a different director. This time around, we're going to be talking about Kevin Smith for the next six months, specifically the View Askewniverse, which means that we're not going to be discussing films uh, like... Uh, Jersey oh, Girl. Jersey Girl, or uh, what was that movie he did with Bruce Willis and Tracy Morgan? Uh, Cop Out. Cop yeah. Out. And, and uh, the or, Canadian Trilogy. Or, yeah, we're not going to talk about the Great White North that, films. That movie that specifically came about because Bruce Willis on the set of Die Hard 4 was like, we should do something together. And <laughs> yeah. then it turns out doing something with Bruce Willis was a terrible idea. Yeah. Uh, I am, um, because we also can't do, and since I'm a huge fan, I, I would love to discuss about this one, one of these days if we could, um, Red State, uh, since it's not part of the... We might, uh, well, I don't know. We, I had considered making like a bonus episode out of the Great White North films, but I also, I don't want to talk about Tusk because I haven't seen it and have no interest in seeing it. Yeah, that's fair. Nor do I have any, any interest whatsoever in seeing Yoga Hosiers. I don't know, man. But to kick off our discussion, we're going to be talking about the film Clerks. And it's... I think I may have made an error in our last episode when I talked about the release schedule because I seem to always forget about the film Dogma and oh. the fact that it exists <laughs> in the View universe. Which is weird because that's the Kevin Smith uh, film that Comedy Central loved running the most. Yeah. <laughs> So this month in January, we're talking about Clerks. In February, we'll talk about Mallrats. In March, Chasing Amy. Uh, in April, Dogma. Oh, yeah. In May, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. And in June, we're going to have to cram two episodes in there of Clerks 2 and Jay oh, and Silent right. Bob Reboot. I forgot that there are, are seven films in the Viewers universe. Are, are there... Is... is I guess that's it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Two, and then the next one would have been the newest one, right? The reboot. Yep. So uh, can we just? Um, I I really find it awesome that we're following Tarantino up with Kevin Smith because, believe it or not, Kevin Smith is one of my favorites as well. Well, that and uh, they both got their big break around the same time. Absolutely. Uh, it's actually exactly. uh, watching the I, the Clerks. 10th anniversary DVD that Dave loaned me um, in the special features for theatrical trailer uh, Smith right before the trailer runs he says uh, that the guy who cut the guy at Miramax who cut the Pulp Fiction trailer is the same guy who cut the Clerks trailer nice that's, that's great yeah this was released in 1994 the same year as Pulp Fiction and um, 
Uh, just as a little bit of history that a lot of people may already know, um, but it's been so long since this came out, really, that some people might not know who aren't, you know, enormous film nerds like we are. This is one of the biggest Hollywood indie success stories mm -hmm. of all time. Uh, Smith made the film for $27,000, which he financed by selling his uh, comic book collection, getting a $3,000 loan from his parents, and juggling putting, credit cards. Yeah, and putting the rest on credit cards. So had this not succeeded, he'd have been out his entire comic book collection and probably still be in debt to this day. Uh, but instead, it got picked up by Miramax. It became a cult classic, and it kicked off his film career. And was it one of the influences for Rodriguez and his, or or were they no. all like happened in the same time? And they all happened at roughly at the same time. Yeah, they all happened at roughly the same time. Like the early '90s was a big boom for indie filmmakers because Rodriguez had already made El Mariachi uh, in mexico okay by this time and desperado came out in 95 all right so shortly after this came out hmm. uh so this came out in 94 which is now almost 27 years ago so our first topic of discussion is how does this film how well does it hold up 27 years later stan let's start with you what do you think um i think dialogue wise script wise I think it's still very smartly written, very um, uh, and and yeah, the topics they talk about might be dated, but for uh, the way they talk about it, and and like Tarantino was is so good about his writing and being very uh, conversational, and yet even his dumbest characters are super smart. Kevin Smith is the same way. I mean, even his dumbest characters are written really interestingly and really smartly um so hey, are you including pringles guy in i am assessment? including <laughs> pringles guy actually because the whole thing is like i i was i i'm, I'm really glad i was able to get that off <laughs> I, like, I will admit I, I i made a note specifically that said i love the dumb guy voice that guy used the, the, <laughs> and it's like and this is what i'm saying it's like just the just the way in in comparison with tarantino it's like how tarantino is able to seemingly take very non sequiturs and juxtapose it with what's really happening and, and make it seem seamless. And, and it's, Oh, that's supposed to happen. Okay. I think, um, maybe not as craftily, but I think Kevin Smith uh, is like with the milkmaids and, mm. and, and with the, with the, um, uh, Oh my God. Jizz uh, moppers. Jizz moppers. No, that, that. <laughs> and, and the, and the one guy, uh, the guidance you, counselor, you guys really, oh. you guys really offended me. And, oh him, and, yeah. And then Randall opens the magazine. Oh yeah. And oh, he God. comes running out. But just <laughs> stuff like that where it's not part of the overall stuff, but it comes in and makes a comment on itself. So Chris, what do you think? How does it hold up after twenty seven years? I think it holds up, uh, especially plot wise, um, and even you know, and what they're discussing, especially the backdrop. Like even though you, those spe those specific problems are are, are customers aren't stuff I've encountered. Like, we've all, all three of us still do and have worked in retail and food mm -hmm. service. And we know we have, we have our own lineup of, of people that's like of idiot customers. Yeah. yeah. And, um, like and even uh, the characters, the, their struggles, they're going through the overarching plot. It still holds up. It, you could easily translate that uh, into a, a more modern setting. Now that you've reminded me that it's 27 years. Right. Old. Yeah. Um, 
I, I, th- I'm sorry. I think the only thing that doesn't hold up for me is just like the delivery or the way that the, a lot of the lines are are come across. Mm-hmm. Not by content, but just by delivery. I think it just has to do with the fact that um, you know Smith and everybody in the in the in the uh, in the, movie, the crew, the crew of the movie, they're they're less polished than than yeah. a lot of other people were. Yeah, and a lot of those people in the film that was their first time ever acting. Yeah. I think um, I, I read the uh, trivia page for this a couple of nights ago, and I want to say that Brian O'Halloran was the only one. He was like a local theater actor. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas Jeff Anderson, who plays uh, Randall, had never acted before, and overall, I think. Um, Jeff Anderson's performance as Randall is good. And I wish I had written this down while I was watching it, except for one line delivery he had. And again, I should have written it down because I can't remember which line it is. Do you remember about where about in the movie? No, I don't. But there is one line delivery that is so bad that it took me out of it for a second. Yeah. Um, But yeah, as far as how well it holds up as an indie darling, yeah, this is one of the most indie of indie films. Uh, I mean, just beyond the production value, because it was shot on 16 millimeter. It's in black and white. It's a huge success story. So obviously it's going to be, you know, an inspiration to any filmmakers in that regard. As a film, it is so much a product of its time that I feel like Honestly, for anyone born post 2000, this film is not going to hold any interest for them. I mean, you just look at the huge leap between just Clerks and Clerks 2 in 2007. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But the amazing thing is, I mean, there's, you could, there's, there's ways, I mean, there's really not too much dependence on things in such a way that you couldn't retranslate it into a modern setting it's true yeah no you could but in the context of its release uh in 1994 and in the context of how it was created oh yeah yeah i mean in 1994 the majority of his twenty seven thousand dollar budget went towards a camera and 16 millimeter film he had and and at the renting the editing equipment and all of that because he also had the good fortune of like he was working at that place at the time or yeah and they were like yeah you can use the building after hours or something or like that rent it out nowadays you can shoot a 4k film on your cell phone and lots of people do so yeah i don't i don't know i feel like just anybody born after a certain time is not going to appreciate the film i'm i'm thinking uh you probably have to go into clerks already ha- already having established yourself as a smith fan you know yeah. if you and and okay i got to take i got to take in account his earlier stuff and i got to go and be completist and um if you're if you're starting your smith odyssey with clerks uh the original clerks now if you started with clerks 2 it's okay i think but if you start with the original clerks and the and the original idea of where he was going, because um, I'm not sure if he was establishing the universe at this time or not. I don't think so. But um, no, uh, I definitely don't think he w- had any no, idea no, that this no. would be as successful Especially as it with was. The first ending. And uh, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, um, but and the idea of figuring out where Jay and Silent Bob came from, you know. Oh, let's go watch Clerks. So it's like, yeah, I agree with you in the sense that if you're just starting your Kevin Smith Odyssey, 
that's probably not the film to start with. No. It, it should be a film that uh, that establishes him as a decent filmmaker, i.e. chasing Amy or something, and then going back to uh, finish his au revoir in the sense of, okay, let's see where it started. It is, in a way, kind of like... Like I love Mickey Mouse. Let's see the first thing he was. Let's see the first thing you go and watch right. Steamboat Willie. <laughs> right. And you're like whoa. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, uh, but in the sense of okay, his writing ability mm-hmm. was pretty. Like with Tarantino in his early stuff, it, it was evident early. Um, it's evident really early in with clerks in I, that sense. I feel like the biggest difference here is Kevin Smith is more on the nose and less subtle with his dialogue because he will ha- have his characters come right out and say exactly <laughs> yes. what he, Kevin Smith, yes. is thinking. Yeah, 100%. Uh, like Randall was written to be a mouthpiece for Kevin Smith, and that, that was the role that he wrote Everybody's for himself. Everybody's ADHD in Smith in Smith I mean really stuff. yeah <laughs> Oh yeah and I mean they comment on it in the movie about how some characters just emphatically blunt about the, what yeah. they're talking about Um so I also feel like it's unique in that it I as far as I can tell it is literally the first of its kind Kevin Smith has talked about the fact that there were no movies about these types of characters at the time um, now, the uh, you know the late teens, early twenty something slacker is such a cultural norm now. But at the time, you look at what this was coming off the heels off of, and you know what were movies about at the time? They were about politicians, uh, firefighters, cops, soldiers, action heroes, Wall Street. To go from all of that coming out of the eighties into two guys who work in convenience stores. It was, it's such a jarring juxtaposition. These guys aren't action stores. They're not, you know, cops. In Jersey. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're two clerks in Jersey. Um, we, uh, we're always bad about this. We never give a recap of what we're talking about just for people who haven't seen it. We just have to kind of assume it's been 27 years. Either you've seen clerks or you haven't at this point, but for those, at least watch the animated show yeah or that's not quite other. the same though i mean because the characters were softened immensely that's what that. i'm that's what i'm saying they is were that made if, more likable if, if you want to experience clerks maybe start with you know the animation the animated series and then you get a kind of a more yeah uh, uh well, for, softened and uh what am i saying more contemporary yeah well for an for an indie nerd like me this was one of the films that kicked off my obsession with movies and movie making this uh, Reservoir Dogs and El Mariachi. And that's why I hold all three of these directors in such high regard, even though now I can look back on it and its flaws are glaringly obvious. Like I saw this at 15 years old and I just thought that it was pure brilliance. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, for those who don't know, the film is about uh, Dante and Randall two workers at a uh, at two stores that are right next to each other it's a, yeah it's a combination because the guy there's one guy who owns a convenience store and a video store yep. together and Dante works at the quick stop and Randall works at RST video badly <laughs> and uh, it's just a day in the life from about 7 a.m. to about 9 p.m. for the two of them and yeah. all the insane shit that happens around them so and it's supposed to take place on a Saturday 
yet Dante's girlfriend is in class. What is her school in session on Saturdays? That I, 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 I and I, I, I've forgotten that before I watch it again. I'm like, wait, she's going to classes. She has all day classes mm-hmm. on Saturday. Is that right? Well, they are supposed to be in their early twenties. Like mm-hmm. they specifically, Dante says twenty two, which makes me feel like Veronica is probably a, a starting grad school. Which grad schools, you do tend to have like social work programs yeah, and stuff yeah, like that. You like, would have class yeah, on Saturday. Right, right, right. right. Um, sorry, Chris, what were you going to oh, say? Oh, no, nothing. No, I, was just, I was just I was thinking about it. Yeah, because, yeah, they are like early 20s. It's supposed to be like, basically this whole uh, this whole movie is like, ah, the folly of youth. Um, <laughs> and, and can I put it out there that I would have picked Veronica right off you're the bat. You're supposed just, to. <laughs> oh, God, you're supposed to. Um, yeah, I and don't, so that last moment is pretty intense. Man. I damn near included as a topic of discussion, who would you pick, Caitlin or Veronica? And then I thought about it, and I was like, any person who watches this movie and would pick Caitlin is a fucking moron. <laughs> Every, there is nothing positive said about her by anyone no, other than Dante, Dante. My, and that's just his lovelornness. Yeah, my first note about Veronica. Veronica is the rock of Dante's life. He depends on her too much for stability. Yeah. Follow, yeah. <laughs> and it's and it's and it's Silent Bob that oh, that Clicks it into yeah. Dante's yeah. head. There's lots of beautiful women out there, but not all of them will bring you spaghetti at work. Yep. Most of them just cheat on you. Most of them just yeah. cheat on you. Also, uh, to demonstrate, there's just like, it's like eh, they're they're in their 20s and life's a mess. Dante is is first seen falling out of his closet <laughs> yeah. to answer his phone. He and, comes out of the closet. And I'd like to say that this is an original observation of mine, but I had never noticed this before until I went and read the TV tropes page for it. Uh, part of the theme of Dante's character is that he he is so passive aggressive and he hates inconveniencing people, mm-hmm. which you find out from frame one of the movie when it opens. His dog is sleeping on the bed and Dante's in the closet. Yeah, Dante wouldn't even inconvenience his dog to get off his bed so that he could sleep on it. He chose to sleep in the closet rather than get his dog it, to move. It illustrates it perfectly because anyone who owns a dog or knows a dog, they'll move over. Yeah. <laughs> and the naming of Dante as Dante is is purposeful because he's he's a, he's a writer. So the whole, you know. Also, uh, Randall's introduction is so perfect. He's such a, it just illustrates what a perfect shit he is. Yeah. <laughs> but Randall, again, is the, the, the one that's got the shit together. Well, okay, that's that segues, thank you, into our next topic of discussion, which is who's worse, Dante or Randall? Stan, what do you think of the two characters? And, and I'm not saying like bad actors or badly written characters. Right, I right. mean, as bad people. As bad people. Um, I'm not sure as, as actors ourselves, as directors, we can't really say either of them are bad i can but, but continue but the idea that but the idea that you we've can't both play worked, bad yeah we've um, both worked with bad actors so i will 100 percent point out when somebody is just a flat a, out playing bad a character actor. we have to believe our characters are are good no no i don't mean bad in the sense of evil he means character wise right right um, like dante and randall aren't evil people i'm and they saying acknowledge, who's a sh- they, they acknowledge it, themselves as shits on both yeah. counts but who's, who's the bigger shit exactly that's what i was um, about to say let's amend that who's the bigger shit you you have to say randall's the bigger shit but the thing is he's a self-realized 
and, and self-actualized self, self actualized in his own big shitness. You mm -hmm. know, it's like Dante is trying his damnedest or no, not really because he's no, doesn't he, want he's to not trying he, is the he problem. Wants to be okay, but things getting in his way of being okay. So everything's put upon. And so like that makes that for me makes him the, bigger shit in the sense and the worst person is because he's not going to take responsibility Do right. um randall takes responsibility for his stuff he knows <laughs> he, he acknowledges to an extent he acknowledges it he acknowledges and, really and he might he might throw responsibility of his shitness onto other folk oh constantly but but the idea he realizes yeah. and he acknowledges and he's 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 not he doesn't have the wool over his eyes where he thinks he can be better than he mm -hmm. is at, at this moment. Yeah. Um, because, you know, gets to the end and he's the one that talks to Caitlin. I mean, talks to Veronica about the whole thing, you know, because he thinks he's doing a good job. He thinks he's being good to his friend and he does love his friend. Um, and for the most part, he's pretty good friend if he's your friend, but if he, he has to choose to be your friend. So the idea that, and and Dante wants to be friends and be good for everybody, mm -hmm. and and then because circumstances don't allow him to be good for everybody, I'm the put upon one. Mm -hmm. This sucks. Why did I have to work today? I wasn't supposed to even be here today. Yeah. So that to me, it's like, and I can say that because sometimes I do that and I find myself falling into that, and it's like I really hate putting that on other people. So it's like, I'd rather be out here. And if I'm going to suffer, I'm going to suffer on my own. So. I think we're all guilty of that to an extent. Oh, Few sure. people are just as, um, oh, dramatic with it right. as Dante is. Like he leans into that. Um, Dante has martyr syndrome. It's talking about, uh, you, you mentioned Randall's uh, conversation with Veronica. This is just a quick aside. Uh, but that is the source of one of my favorite jokes in the movie, which is Dante realizing, oh, my God, I love Veronica. Jump cut, cut to, to Randall yeah. <laughs> going, so that's it. He just doesn't love you. And it's 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 funny and sad because at that point, it's like you can tell Randall's trying to help. He's trying to help. And he's trying to help Dante because he, he thinks Dante is like, oh, he's going to go crawling back to Caitlin. He wants Veron He doesn't want Veronica to be stuck. Yeah. And it's also especially tragic that these two events take place about 20 feet from each other. Yeah. Right. Because it's worth <laughs> mentioning again. The video store is connected yeah. to the quick stop. It's Veronica is right there. In, in two scenes back to back, they show Randall getting bored, just walking out the door into the quick stop. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so, Chris, who's the bigger shit? It's largely the same argument for me. It's Dante. I think it's Dante because, as kind of as Stan kind of said in, in different words, and I'm going to. Dante and Randall are a lot alike, mm -hmm. and which which is probably why they make such good friends. In that they are they're kind of and when they when they want something when they're motivated for something they're kind of like they're selfish little weasels they both are the difference is dante still wants to be liked yeah. right but right. randall doesn't care yeah. exactly and and randall is honest about that and to the point where it's like he he, he knows he knows how big of a shit he is <laughs> he just doesn't he care. has a whole philosophical 
diatribe about yeah. it. I have yeah. no. I have, He's that way. I have notes. And it's really well written. I have notes all the way through. I well, and when they're arguing at the end after fighting, and Randall's chewing him out for the stuff he did, Randall does conveniently leave out the fact that he helped a lot of that happen. He's directly responsible for a lot of it. He's <laughs> yes. the one who sold cigarettes See, to a the, four-year-old. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like you know, he 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 gets on Dante for, and, and I, I like I said, I have. I have notes in here about like Dante gives into Randall's bullshit far too easily. Yeah, he he's so so willing. Run, it's just it's just crazy. But, but the thing is, Randall might have instinct, but Dante allows it to happen. That is true. And and but, and, and because he has either, to, he has he's like it's my store. I put Randall in charge. It's like um, yeah, I, I get I, that. It comes down to neither one of them wanting to take responsibility for their own shortcomings. In I want to close the store and play <laughs> hockey. Well, there, there's no better, in my opinion, illustration of how I want to say I don't want to say toxic their relationship is, but I'm how sorry, I do I have to reemphasize. I really do believe they are really, really close friends. They, they are. And I think they are great, great friends, and I think they're great together. They are, they but are. I don't think there's any better illustration of Randall's influence on Dante and how willing he is to pull the rug out from Dante than their conversation <laughs> True. Ab- about um, uh, Randall's friend that died or broke his neck trying to suck his own oh, dick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, and, that's, that's my favorite joke of the whole movie. And Randall being like, yeah, everybody's tried to do it. <laughs> A few minutes later when Dante's like, man, I could never do it. I could never reach. That's that's what that note was about. That's what the Dante gives into Randall's bullshit way too easy was about. This story, go ahead. Yeah, You're yeah, Dante, Randall, yeah, Randall tells this whole story about a friend of his died, broke his neck trying to suck his own dick. He tells Dante, yeah, every guy has tried it. And Dante's like, really? And then a few minutes later, Dante admits that he, he has tried it. Tried it I can never reach. And I can never Randall. reach. And then Randall's like, you tried to suck your own <laughs> dick? You fucking pervert. <laughs> one. It, it, I one, laughed that is, really, really, really fucking uh, Yeah, one. I was disappointed because, Dante, you, you've known this guy. You've known this guy for long enough to know what he's going to do to you. Two. Two. It's like... Of course, most guy friends will do this to each other too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a really craftily um, edited and time joke because they pull into right as the punchline happens, and he's like, "You fucking pervert." They pull into the funeral parlor to go visit their dead friend, you know, and uh, which leads into another great joke. Um, and then, and then right it's under really that is well my edited. my note about the five hundred dollar fine. Dante fucked himself over by trusting Randall for his own selfish goals when he knew better. Yeah, yeah. It's right. like that's the thing. He knows what kind of, how Randall's gonna act. So Randall well, didn't know this girl, little girl, was gonna smoke it. He thought it was he should okay for his mom. Even if he doesn't have peripheral fucking vision, <laughs> I know. I know. he's he knows he's handing shit off to a tiny person. I know. I know. I know. You're playing. I know. I got you. Yeah, and I don't think Dante <clears throat> could have. He he knows. Randall is a shitty employee. I don't think he expected to for Randall to be so shitty at his job <laughs> that, he that he wouldn't even notice the four year old. What did Randall? Four year old. He does say, "I didn't think she'd smoke it." <laughs> uh, Randall says that. Yeah, he knows He's because, like, like despite the fact that that scene herself. has no audio. <laughs> 
but continue uh, your your argument about who's shittier no no it's, it's dante it's just at okay. the end of the day it's dante and i know you have a counter argument i do and i feel like the shittier person of the two is randall i can i can i can understand an argument either way honestly dante's shittiness comes from a place of ignorance and laziness he's not willing to try to better himself he's comfortable in his discomfort which randall says yeah but randall is outright malicious Mm -hmm. with some of the shit that he does he outright spits water in a customer's face because the customer was pissing him off (laughs) funny enough he does he doesn't care about the job that that and the fact that he's also proving a point to dante to just stick up for himself weirdly enough yeah um Dante actually is shown throughout the movie doing his job that he is being paid to be there to do. Randall runs off customers left and right and seemingly doesn't rent a single movie the entire day. Admittedly, there's one that's just Randall just not caring more than being outwardly malicious, and that's the video order. (laughs) Yeah, there's the video order... And, and he uh, was really great with the order. It's especially Which, I love. I'm sorry. Were you going to say tell the trivia about it? Oh yeah, the fact that uh, Jeff Anderson refused to actually say that in front of read a that. Kid, yeah, yeah, he refused to read those titles in front of a child. So that's why it's a two show. It keeps cutting yeah. back and forth. It's just probably them having fake stuff reeled off to the yeah the mom. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, that's just my opinion on the two. Uh, I get it. No, you're, I mean you raise a good point. Yeah, I mean. It's, it's, What's worse, the inadvertently malicious or the willfully malicious? Yeah, uh, the Dante is harmlessly shitty. Randall is harmfully shitty. There is there is one point where I am completely on board, and that's when he's reading the paper and the woman is showing him the videos, and she she tries to just oh pretend, yeah pretend to I don't appreciate your ruse. <laughs> The, the quote here after that he, after he says that is, I hope it feels good to be right. right. There's nothing more exhilarating than pointing out the shortcomings of others, is there? And it resonated with me because my note is, yeah, Randall's being a terrible employee, but there's so many people who love to do this to the people who are actively trying to help them mm-hmm. all the time. Well, it also speaks to Randall's hypocrisy because oh, yeah. as oh, he sure. is saying this line, he is pointing out to this woman's flaws. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, Randall, Randall's hypocrisy in the film is astounding. Randall is almost the perfect devil's advocate. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he's definitely the perfect devil on yeah. your shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's my opinion. Randall is the shittier of the two people. Um, so let's move on. Our next topic of discussion. This is a fun one. What is the most 90s thing about this movie? Is it the casual homophobia? Is it the fashion? <laughs> Is it the punk slash grunge soundtrack? Stan, what do you think is the most 90s aspect of the movie? Well, they go with this. I mean, the soundtrack is that because that's his favorite. I mean, Soul Asylum's on it. Yeah. So it's like, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to hate that soundtrack. You know, fun fact, fun bit of trivia. This is the only movie in history where the soundtrack cost more than the production of the film. (laughs) I was wondering, how did you get that? That's all in post. I was going to say, that's, that's got to be Miramax once they were involved. Yeah. The movie cost 27,000 to make the soundtrack cost 30,000 to license. Sorry. I I just wanted to throw that out. No, that's going to be good to hear. That's important to hear. But, but, but the thing, yeah, might have been, it might have been. Oh, here's my biggest nightmare. That was my thing. that was my meta answer. Um, to the soundtrack. So I'm lo- watching the credits, right? 
uh, and uh, for the indie films of that time, there was a big thing of doing a thank yous to all the people that helped you out to get the to get the movie made. And one of the last ones is big thank you to Harvey Weinstein. Yep. <laughs> that might be the biggest yeah. nine because everybody thanked Harvey. That had to have been time. so it's, hard I mean, for Smith and so many other people. Everybody. I mean, even the people that have come out that he hurt them were thanking him in 93, well, 90, 91, 92, 93, 94. Yeah. Well, since since Sex, Lies, and Videotape, so 89. Yeah. yeah. Hey, the, that's a hard topic to avoid because uh, there's nary a film that uh, Weinstein didn't touch that became and, and, immensely and popular. And it's unavoidable for Smith because he launched Smith's career. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, he launched Tarantino's. Yep. And uh, I, I'm hesitant to say that he lost, lost. I'm hesitant to say he launched Rodriguez's career, but he definitely helped. Yeah. Because uh, Desperado was a, uh, it wasn't Miramax. What was the, uh, what was the other? Uh, dimension. It was a Dimension. Oh, yeah, it was Dimension. <clears throat> which was an offshoot of, uh, of Miramax. I mean, and so that probably would end up being because everybody loved Harvey, or at yeah. least the Weinstein brothers and because he was the man uh, just thanking him was that was the thing at that time. Yeah. So it's like if you if you worked with Harvey Weinstein, you had a chance in an Oscar. Even if you were doing a twenty seven thousand dollar movie, you had a chance, you know, um, but in the sense, you know, I love the soundtrack. And and even even though it might have been the most and that uh, Miramax might have had a hand in it. But I think Kevin Smith, those were some of his favorite bands that were on it. So it's like... Um, oh, probably, because Soul Asylum comes back uh, and is featured it, it, yeah. in Clerks 2. Misery, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, um, even though he was Jersey and they were Minnesota and stuff, but still, he he knew that scene. Um, maybe, probably, probably the most 90s thing would probably be Jay and Silent Bob stuff. Uh, what they wore, what they looked like, um, how they acted... Uh, the whole the whole stoner rock, um, you know, Caius. Yeah, Jay kind of looked uh, like a, like he was straight out of a documentary about street kids from that time. They, yeah, know? that that's uh, exactly what I'm saying. Is that uh, you had you had the whole um, uh, Arizona Texas desert mm-hmm. um, stoner rock feel going on with them and throughout the movie, and then there was hockey. <laughs> you either had desert style. Stoner rock dudes and Jay and Silent Bob, or you had the whole, you know, East Coast. Um, everybody plays hockey, even if it's on the rooftop of your job with a ball and rollerblades. Yeah, it was all hockey all the time. And Kevin Smith is a huge hockey fan, and he grew up playing hockey. And him and Jason Muse they bonded over hockey, so of course it was going to be in it. Um, to the point where the man is never seen not wearing a hockey jersey. Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> I have seen him in a suit wearing his uh, blazer over yeah. a hockey jersey. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I mean, he's he's biggest New Jersey Devils fan you'll ever, ever, ever see, you know? And it's like, uh, um, so probably the idea of um, the idea of sports and punk rock connected um, at that time because that was probably the first time where sports and punk rock actually met face-to-face and meshed and loved each other mm-hmm. was the early 90s. And uh, uh, we'd us punk rockers didn't have to 
have didn't have to worry about admitting that we love to go to baseball games or play hockey or whatever anymore. And us sports lovers, we could say, yeah, we're into punk rock music. What what the fuck? We didn't have to listen to um, really bad music anymore as as athletes or as uh, as enthusiasts of sports. Uh, the early '90s allowed those two to meet. I I don't think there is ever a point in your life at which you could be called an athlete. Dude, I played sports all the time. I mean, <laughs> I got my shit beat out of me. But I was the one that they tried to break their bones, but they would end up breaking their own bones. So let me say that I never broke my bone, any bones playing sports, but they all broke their bones trying to break my shit. So fuck them, man. That's all I got to say. What a weird flex <laughs> that was. Chris, <laughs> what is the most 90s thing about clerks? Well, the easiest things were the technology. Um, I mean, there's one scene where... Uh, Dante calls to check in where his where his boss is on a payphone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Employees only phone. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a that ju- that's just another subtle hint that the boss was a bastard. Not just disappearing up to Vermont. Pay for your not phone. just disappearing up to Vermont for four days, but yeah, the employees only payphone. It's yeah. like Jesus. Um, and, I had to make an order. I yeah. had to pay to make it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the video store had a phone. Yeah. The video store had a regular yeah, phone. That's true. Yeah. Um, there was the, I mean, the, the fact that there was a video, a video, videotape rental store, um, the boom box with the tape deck that Jay and Silent Bob are rocking. I mean, I, yeah, it's just like, it's, it was harder for me to just look at the styles and go, yeah, that's totally nineties. It is, but it's just like, I grew up in that era. So it's just yeah. like, okay, yeah, it looks normal. Yeah. I can relate to it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not too out of yeah, proportion yeah. for me. Yeah. And then to be reminded, oh, it was 94. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that was going to be my answer is the video store. Yeah. Just the mere existence of one. Again, you know, uh, kids born after 2000 would have <clears throat> been on the tail end of video stores and probably don't remember them or would have the appreciation that people like us would. Oh my God. But they yeah, were awesome. I used to they think about awesome. how great it would be to, to work, work in a video store. store. Yeah. I always wanted to. I never did. I applied at both the Blockbuster where I grew up and uh, the one here in Rock Hill, and I never got hired. The 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 last Blockbuster, the the one that that still exists, um, sells as a souvenir, a just like a souvenir Blockbuster rental card. Uh, as a as a piece of merch, and I have in my wallet right now my actual Blockbuster rental card. Mine is somewhere in my house. I have also in my apartment one from a local place called Pick a Flick. Oh, I remember Pick a Flick. Yeah, you know, we galleries. had one where I grew up. Oh, oh God, family I, video. I don't think I kept family video. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I kept it, but I ended up about a like two a week or two weeks before they finally just closed up for good. I have like a ho- I had like a Hollywood video. Uh, Hollywood video. So there was So I grew up in a little town called Dacusville that's mm-hmm. in Greenville, South Carolina. Yeah. And um the there was a blockbuster that was just a mainstay um from when I was a kid all the way up until they finally closed all the blockbusters. Mm-hmm. But a couple of miles away there was uh, a freestanding building that was just a series of different video stores so it was a family movie mm-hmm. um it was a hollywood video uh, if it, if there was a movie uh, a vhs chain in the 90s this place was one of them at some point do either of you uh, did you guys have or do you remember movies i do not <laughs> their mascot 
was a cow. And the name of the store was literally M-O-O-O-V-I-E-S. Movies. If that hadn't already existed, man, that would just be part of Kevin Smith's universe as part of the movie chain. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, 90s and video stores. What a great time. Those of you that don't know... Um, and most of you that listen to us probably have been around for a while and do, but, but those of you that don't know about video stores, it, it literally was an event when you got to go. I mean, even though oh, you're yeah. doing it every week, yeah. you know, you're renting your movies every week, but still it was an event to say, I'm going to the video store. I'm renting movies. It really was. And, yeah. and you, and then when they started selling food in mm-hmm. there too, and they started selling the movie candies oh, shit. and what? you either went with a purpose, you were there oh, to yeah. find this movie or these movies. Or you went there to wander up and down the aisles looking at everything. Looking at everything and then finding the back room with the... Well, I don't think most blockbusters had a Not the blockbusters, but I always dodged the blockbusters because they, you know, engaged in censorship, you know, and they went and stock uh, Last Temptation of Christ and stuff. So it's like, and so so I was doing the Michigan videos and stuff like that, which is... That's what I'm saying. It was so selective in their shit. And, um... And, but you would like, if you're like 17 to 21, you're like looking for that magic room in the back and then, wow. Yeah, Dave. And then yeah. you get to Chicago and literally the video store, you know, that downstairs is where you're headed, even though upstairs is where they're making their money or whatever. But actually it's downstairs. You go, you come in, you walk down and you go hit, hit the stairs and, oh, I'm going down. Oh, hi. Hello. What a metaphor, Chris. <laughs> well, I remember more, and my, my memories are more in line with yours, where it was the magical, or maybe on a Friday, I could ask my mom, hey, could we rent yeah. like a video? Mm-hmm. Like Friday nights when you could do that and then get a pizza for dinner. Yeah, it yeah. was awesome. And yeah, and yeah, like, and, and like, and like the Blockbuster at its peak when it had the candy rack. Of course, it had the, the, the and then they started stocking like they had popcorn and candy. Just it like, was awesome. And you're right. Yeah, it's just like wandering up the aisles. Is I had the, I had the same feeling. My two favorite things from being a kid is just wandering in a video store, wandering around in a bookstore. Yeah. Same feeling. Exactly. And 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 it's like when you're a horror movie fan, mm-hmm. video stores were the oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. You know, I, they oh man, it was great. I will say that the one thing that uh like that video stores and streaming services have in common is that um it's always going to be a struggle. Do I go with something I've already watched a million times or yeah. do I take a chance on something new? And yeah. 90% of the time, you know what? I'm just going to watch this thing I've already watched a million times. <laughs> but at least with streaming, I will say the upside of streaming is if, it's like, if I hate this, I just got to hit a button to back out of it. I don't have to eject it, put it back in a case, and drive back to the store thinking about how terrible if it is. If it comes out of your machine. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. And... No one nowadays is ever going to know the struggle of popping in a video and the credits immediately coming up because the asshole before you didn't Didn't rewind rewind it. Nor are most people these days even going to understand what rewinding a tape means. Be kind. It's it's, yeah. it's it's gone the same way as the uh, the floppy disk becoming the save icon on computer programs. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's true. It's true. Did you print the uh, save icon for Microsoft Word? Oh yeah, there's <clears throat> that tweet about someone holding up a handing a floppy disk to a younger person. It's like, oh, so I remember. I it's, God, I'm going to sound old in a second. God, I remember when they stopped putting A drives on computers. <laughs> <laughs> but no, talking about video stores, man, it's like. And, and 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 this was one of the this is 
one of the reasons why I love both Tarantino and Smith is because they are so in love with that particular time with video stores and stuff like that because that's where they started and they discovered so much of their love of movie making and stuff by either working or by actually renting the movies and being customers at uh video stores Mm -hmm. and it's like it literally i loved video stores it was it was the place to go it's like it would be my solace if i was feeling bad i would just go in the middle of the day and go to the video store and look at movies there was one summer where um we we uh well where we where we live there's a there's a common there's a there's a big kind of like small strip mall area that's called the commons and um that's where the where the the one I mentioned, Pick a Flick, used to be. Yep. Pick a Flick. And one one summer, uh, when it was one of the first few, was like one of the, either the first or one of the second summers, I was allowed to be by myself during the day in the summer. I had a bunch of money saved up, and I would almost every day during that summer, I would go over to the video store and I would browse around because they had like a, a dollar rental. Yep. Uh, yep. Some sort of deal for certain videos, like a dollar rental, and I would rent one and watch it and take it back, and it was just. That was yeah. That was just my summer right there. <laughs> when I when I first moved here for college, uh, the Blockbuster is one of the first places I figured out to go. Like I, it was on it was high on my priority list to find one anyway. But it just so happened that um, yeah, that was one of the first places I found out. Oh, that's where that's at. <laughs> ah, right. the nineties. <laughs> All right, so. This last topic comes because in thinking about the character of Randall and how we all sort of know somebody like Randall, either directly or indirectly, either spot on or, or halfway. I mean, and, and even if it's not just if it's not like one person who is like him, we all have our moments. Yeah, but some more so than others. Some, yeah, which some more so than others. Brings me to our final topic of discussion. How many Facebook status updates <laughs> would Randall have posted over the course of the movie if this were set in modern day? I don't Man, think he would post anything as himself. He would probably oh no, post them as Dante. <laughs> oh, see, no. no. Dante, or, oh, no, no, Randall wouldn't care. Randall strikes me as the kind of person who absolutely wants you to hear his opinion, and he's going to make it, he's going to make his opinion known at all times. Do you think, know, because less so on Facebook, I think he'd do it more on Twitter. He's Oh, def- no. Really? You don't think so? Well, let's see. If this were set modern day, okay, I, I'm thinking of randall as he would be now oh, okay at the age maybe. he would be now okay maybe, you're maybe. right I'm, i was thinking about this in the wrong sense he would if if this was oh, said okay. modern it'd be on twitter oh absolutely he'd, or instagram he'd troll relentlessly but uh if oh yeah okay. if we were to see randall in a film now at jeff anderson's actual age i think he would not stop updating his facebook status i get well, what, what does he do in clerks too I don't think they ever address it because Facebook at that time was still relatively yeah, new. Because that's, it was that's, only that's 2006. At, yeah, yeah, 2006 or... Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, It was around the year, the first year of Twitter itself, so... Yeah. Um, well, and this was also before smartphones. Yeah. Like, no one in Clerks 2 has an iPhone or an Android right, or anything because right, they didn't... Right, right. 
I don't think they existed at the time. Not quite, no. Were there Blackberry? Everyone would have had a flip phone. Okay, yeah. I think you're right. I think he would post those, like, vicious rants all day. He he strikes me as the kind of person that would use sheeple. Yeah, that... <laughs> not not even because he he believes it, but just because he wants to needle people harder. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I agree with the kneeling part. I think, and I, and I think, just like... Because he's that... He, he strikes me as that kind of guy. Like, Randall wouldn't, but... He's the kind of guy that other people characterize as like, yeah, he's an asshole, but he tells the truth and he yeah. says it like it is. He says I, what I don't we're think all thinking. He'd be, uh, yeah. I don't think he'd be one of the fuckers at the Capitol. No. 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 I think no, he would, he would needle be... the fuck out of the people at the Capitol. He no. would have spent the entirety of that day Facebooking about how stupid they were. Yeah. And which makes him okay in my book. I mean, well, like... I'm think, uh, well, I thought of this question specifically because Chris and I know somebody... <laughs> uh, who I I have had to in a couple of months ago like not just unfriend but had to flat out block because I just got t- so tired of seeing their inane ramblings and seeing them use the word sheeple and mm-hmm. I I finally was like my God is this I, the uh, it's not coat the, dude no okay. no no no. Um, no this is a while ago and this is actually a guest on a one of the shows on our network that I. Um, that we met once and I, I made the connection between him and Randall in my head. And I was like, holy shit, this is adult Randall. Yeah. Uh, I can also better stomach the idea of Randall, the character knowing Jeff Anderson is actually a really stand up guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Chris, I know that you took copious notes. I did. You want me to run through some? <laughs> yeah. Read us some of your notes. Cause okay. that was the last actual well, discussion topic I had. Cause it was kind of like, um, it was kind of like live. I was, I was like, Almost live tweeting the whole thing, just mm-hmm. on, on on notepad. Just like I started with the anti-smoker with props, who turns out to be the Chulies rep. Yes, yes. I just I, I even before the the joke was he's a Chulies rep. I just hated the fact that he's this kind of guy who just starts ranting, and you know it's like and da- and you know Dante's being polite, and he's just like, but this is the kind of customer that ultimately you'd get in trouble for confronting. Mm-hmm. So he he and then it just cuts back to him holding a fucking seminar inside that store. Like, yeah, doing prop comedy with yeah. it. And People uh, throwing cigarettes at oh, Dante. Talking about nineties things in an oddly prescient sense, um the 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 scene that leads to uh thirty seven in a row. Uh <laughs> It starts with a conversation. It basically starts with uh, the unspoken uh, argument that one person believes blowjobs are cheating and uh, and the other person does not, which might be Veronica's. Uh, like you know, well, I think it's uh, it's more that one person considers blowjobs the same as sex and right. the other doesn't. That's the argument, and see, it was like I said, that was oddly prescient because this became a matter of national debate. In a cup, and about two Ooh. to three years later. Yeah, yeah, about, I didn't think uh, about that. About three to four years later, <laughs> when they impeached Clinton. <laughs> yeah, didn't think about that. I do have a note here specifically for us. I want Robert Bradford to play Willem slash Snowball. <laughs> he looks like it's it's the resemblance is uncanny. Yeah, the resemblance is. I just and I would want have... him, and I would want him to try and do that voice because I heard that voice and I was like, <laughs> I had a confused look on my face. I, I couldn't. It's like this is such an odd voice. Yeah, well, that was a result of Scott Mosher having to play so many roles in the movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, I think he is credited as playing six different characters in the film. Yeah. Oh, here was my first note about Caitlin versus Veronica. 
At least Randall is upfront about being a shit. Dante is leading Veronica on while still holding a torch for his ex, holding out hope he can still have her. He got up in arms about Veronica's previous sex life while immediately hoping to hook back up with Caitlin and drop her. Yeah. I mean, that is a strong argument as to why Dante might be the shittier of the two. He was full-blown planning on cheating on... Uh, Veronica with Caitlin, which would have been... He basically all but said she was a warm body. I mean... Yeah, and um, it would have really made him no better than Caitlin. Like, all the other characters rail against Caitlin, and Dante himself talks about her cheating on him. But he was willing to do this. doesn't make lasagna. Yeah, and Dante was willing to do the same thing. Also, Caitlin is kind of female Randall in that she just doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, Also, I have a single note here. Berserker. Berserker. Yeah, we haven't talked about Jay and Silent Bob. We really well, have. You know what's interesting is there's not a lot there. What I realized, what Kevin Smith had Jay and Silent Bob there for was just something to kind of uh, liven things up and cut away to every once in a while. So it just wasn't strictly Randall and Dante musing on life. Until the end, right. when Silent Bob is no longer silent, which right, becomes right. a theme. Yeah, which was entirely accidental because... Uh, Jason Mewes was so drunk when they filmed that he couldn't get that line out. That's... <laughs> so the, the, whole, the, the whole, oh, wait, 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 I messed that up. That was real. That was real, yeah. <laughs> That's why I thought, I was like, yeah, I really am. He was fucked up. What's a good play with, shit, I fucked that up. <laughs> What's a good play with nothing on it? <laughs> um, but yeah, we haven't talked about, you know, the reason for the view askew idea and what makes the view askew universe yeah i had to explain this to stan the other day what constitutes a view askew film and it's the inclusion of jay and silent bob i think it's just like he liked those characters and just like them being just like little you know side bits in bigger you know in bigger stories and really there isn't aside from his one and only line there's not much to say about silent bob in this movie because kevin smith the silent bob literally just stands there and smokes cigarettes the entire movie Except when he uh, breaks it down and dances. Except, yeah, for his very brief well, moment of I mean, dancing. They're pushers mind in their corner. That's what pushers doing. mind yeah. in their corner. Um, however, Jay is the king of the non sequitur. <laughs> you talk about having cutaway material. Every time you cut away something, cut away to them, something ridiculous is happening. Like, I don't care if she is my cousin. I'm knocking them boots again tonight. <laughs> or as I was telling Stan earlier today, one of my favorite, completely off the wall fucking jokes is uh, talking about Jay talking about blowing Silent Bob and going I'll line up four uh, five more guys and make like a circus seal yeah and he does the motion <laughs> and, then la- and then later you know there's there's the homophobia where he's like oh you like oh crazy. yeah <laughs> well and then at the end before yeah. uh, before Silent Bob says his stuff yeah, yeah you know Jay has gone through this whole really groovy thing with Dante you know it's like everything's cool you know it's good and then he totally reverts after he fucks up Mm -hmm. his line and reverts let's get out of here let's stop talking to this faggot you know it's like you know um, and 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 Son Bob uh, stops and does his his knowledge drops his knowledge and it literally is knowledge for Dante and uh, um, and then that the future Jane Son Bob that becomes the yeah the running thing. I will. I will say. Um, my note here. I had. I had a note about the. Um, the part where they start talking about the Death Star. Before that, when they talk about like the Empire or Jedi more, uh, and I said, of course Dante likes down ending. He's a pessimistic jerk. And th- I realized something. Dante liking Empire, I think, is supposed to be a hint to the original ending that doesn't yeah. happen. It's it, because if, if spoilers, if you don't know, the original ending ends with um, after. Uh, 
Randall leaves. Um, Dante's closing up, and a guy just comes in to rob the place, shoots Dante, and takes the money and leaves, and Dante yeah. dies. Yeah, kills Dante, robs the store, and leaves. Yeah. And I, and I realized that whole conversation before the Death Star thing is that, oh, that's an allusion to, yeah, that's uh, yeah that's how Dante's going to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> well, that and his repeated insistence that uh, I'm not even supposed to be here today mm-hmm. makes it even more ironic. Yeah, more ironic and tragic. Um, egg guy should have been thrown out for touching all the eggs and putting them in his mouth and, of course, smashing them. And then there's the customer montage. Yes. Like, it's like we've all got our special ones. <laughs> yeah, we really do. That's especially funny now. The uh, the coffee guy. What do you mean you don't have any ice? I'm supposed to drink this coffee hot. <laughs> um, that's especially funny in light of the whole uh, McDonald's hot coffee thing, and also just how popular iced coffee has become. I say I've, I've seen, got one right here in front of me. I've seen tweets about that still happening. <laughs> like people wanting ice in their coffee, just like just ice in their coffee. Yeah, not like an iced coffee. I just. Okay, toilet guy before he dies. Oh, yeah. My note here is give an inch, people take a mile. I was like, because this guy's, one, he's oversharing about himself. Oh, for sure. And two, he's like, okay, so you got a bathroom? It's employees only. Yeah, but I really got to go. Okay, fine. It's back that way. Uh, What kind of toilet paper you got back there? Eh, It's kind of rough. Well, it's going to hurt my hemorrhoids. Can I do. It's like, I need something to read while I'm back there. Can I have a magazine? No, one of the porn magazines. Yeah. And and of course, he dies. He dies jerking it. Yeah, and for that might have, and and I, I I'm not sure if I felt sorry for her or did not feel sorry for her, but uh, when uh, Caitlin ends up thinking that's Don, I don't know how you could Don. not feel sorry for Caitlin. Like despite all of her shortcomings, I do feel sorry, but like they're not the same body type remotely. <laughs> no, I mean like that was an extra special moment of stupidity on her part, confusing the chubby, short. <laughs> Jewish stereotype he was. for Dante. I mean, so many things had to have gone wrong in order for this scenario to have happened. But and her realization, I still was a really feel terrible for her. It is. It's bad. She felt terrible. It's. She had to go to the hospital. It leads to they one. They put of, her in an ambulance with the dead with guy. The dead guy. <laughs> it leads to what is probably the darkest joke, in my opinion, in the whole movie when they're making the realization and yeah. Dante goes, somebody just raped Caitlin and Randall goes, she said, she just said she did all the work. <laughs> It's a, again, Randall's some, a stickler for te, for semantics. For, yeah. yeah, and well, there's a Jesus, whole you wanna, card named after that. You want to talk about jokes that you could get away with in 1994? <laughs> Good luck trying to put that joke in a movie now. Well, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That, they they didn't. I don't, I don't know if they could get away with it. It's just because nobody knew. Clerks as a movie and what was going on, you know, it may have been seen by a few people, but but those few that saw it were in the know. So it's like, and and they decided to keep those in the know. What in do you know? What, what are you what talking about that, right now? And what I'm saying is that it wasn't as because that's one of the reasons why I was an independent film and that he was making the movie he wanted to see, and it's like because nobody else was going to let that be. Do that kind of joke. Do that kind of joke. I mean, joke. it's it's. I mean, that's the fun of an indie film. No oversight. Exactly. Yeah. And, and um, but yeah, now that you know, a clerk's 
a Clerks remake would be overseen by a, you know, totally non-independent studio, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, but we get Clerks too, and they still have the Donkey Punch stuff. So. The Donkey Punch? You mean the Donkey Show? Yes, that's what I was trying you to don't be good get about by it. An actual donkey. Um, <laughs> and you don't want to get Donkey Punched either. You don't want to get We donkey, saw a movie but, about that. It yeah. was wild. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, oh, here's my actual note about Randall. Uh, Cousin Walter, Randall's ability to troll Dante is amazing, especially because he keeps getting Dante to go along with yeah. him. <laughs> that was what I, that's the note I meant to read earlier. Oh, okay, tabloid guy. Tabloid guy. My note guy. here is the transaction is over. Please leave. Right. Because I've I've been in stuck I've been stuck with so many of these customers who just they desperately want to talk about something that you don't want to talk about. It's become an ongoing theme. Thankfully not where we work, but um Whenever I stop for cigarettes, it seems like every other time, <clears throat> when at the time of the afternoon that I go, there's this one cashier who knows me at this point, and when I come in, she'll grab my cigarettes yeah. and have, have them ready for me to ring up, and the last couple of times I've gone in there, there has been one old dude who just wants to stand there at the register and continue talking to her until she just starts ringing me up and he gets the hint. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, it's. But yeah, I don't understand that. Uh, it's it's kind of, it's the sad desperation for human contact. I, I think. guess. Uh, but it's like you know what? It's not fair to do it to people who, a, aren't paid enough for it, and no. b, they're not allowed to, tell you to fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Unless they don't care, like Randall. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here here's my next <clears throat> note about Caitlin. Caitlin is bad, but Dante's a disingenuous sucker. Caitlin and Dante represent all the most impulsive, worst decisions young people make when they think they're in love. Yeah, that is, wow, well said. I, I just, I just think that sums them both up. They are just two halves of the same idiot. Yeah. Well, no, just Caitlin go. Caitlin's never been in the same boat uh, as with love as Dante. You know, it's like she totally recognizes. It's like maybe this time. Uh, because you know she she doesn't she's not going to get married to the dude uh, because she's come back to, actually because of Dante um, and so that revelation is pretty intense but uh, but but I don't think she oh has gosh. I don't think she's as representative of that teenage love bug as Dante is Dante has never left that teenage well love they're bug. like Chris is saying they're both sides of the teenage love coin because. Yeah. Dante is the in it for the long haul type and is just devastated whenever any relationship ends. And Caitlin is the love them and leave them type. 100%. And we've all known and uh, men, men, blah, words, men and women who were like that. It's always, you know, the new flavor of the week, their boyfriend or girlfriend. Whatever, also, whoa, what happened to so-and-so? Ah, it didn't work out. Uh, the fact that she also wants a steady boyfriend and also just wants to do whoever she wants because as pointed out in the scene where Dante gets slapped with the fine, um, it's revealed, hey, the guy he's giving the milk to who's harassing about a workout regimen mm-hmm. uh, also was just fucking Caitlin for yep. like a whole year when they were dating. Yeah. And now gets with is it he gets his with sister he gets with the younger sister, sister of like someone else yeah yeah of her or someone else the, yeah the familial connections in the movie are insane everybody knows everybody or is related to somebody somehow this is the smallest New Jersey town ever yeah <laughs> it's like one section of it yeah um 
Randall does care for Dante and knows Caitlin is terrible for him. Yeah. Because he says that in so many words. Uh, it's and also he, he honestly believes uh, Veronica is yeah. great for him. So he does. That, he I, does. I believe that. And it leads to Randall's most genuine moment in the entire movie. Pretty much the only indication that we get that Randall actually cares about him, uh, which is when he tells Caitlin, "If you hurt him again, I'll kill you." Yeah. Nothing personal. That, right. That's that's the that's what that note's about. That's that's where I made that note. And then I think. I think uh, when Randall's telling about Caitlin is bad for Dante, I think that made the note. Randall's right. It just sounds like a Cassandra truth because he's such an ass. <laughs> yeah. And when he when he says things that are meaningful and important, it's hard to take him seriously because of who he is. Yeah. Veronica versus Caitlin. Man, if even Jay can see it, <laughs> that <laughs> right. was my note there. <laughs> right. And, and and the thing and and I think Randall is. I really do believe Randall is uh, vilified, not vilified, but um, uh, vindicated at the end of the movie when um, when they had their fight. Yeah. A- and uh, uh, they go through that really horribly choreographed knockdown, drag out, let's destroy everything in the store, um, poorly choreographed Man, fight scene. why'd you strangle me? <laughs> right. <laughs> why'd you take my neck? And uh, how's your eye? Oh, the meat will work. Um, but uh, just the discussion, it's like, because he goes, to the, it's like, dude, I thought I was helping you out. And it's like, you, you blah, 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 blah. And it was very sensible. And then, you know, it's like, you think they're broke up, you know, you think their friendship's done. And then next scene, they're, they're cleaning. cleaning up yeah. together. And, 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 and they know the next day is going to be just like today. And it's like, and, and there's just this really where Randall's facade just comes down, you know, after that fight. He's like, I can't believe you picked me to fight. Yeah, and I, it's easy to look at that scene and and that discussion that they have, and especially Randall's monologue, without thinking about how much of a hypocrite he is at the same time. He like, is. We, a, we've already talked about yeah. a lot of the things that he is but ripping not with into Dante. Dante. Yes, even as you he is so? ripping into Dante about his decisions, a lot of those decisions were spurred on by Randall. Yeah, he, he leaves out his role in every... But he's right about Dante. He's also just ignoring his role in it. I don't think he ignores his role because he he's... Is. He's like... He's the one who convinces Dante to close the store and play hockey on the roof. He convinces Dante to go to the funeral. He... He strongly no, urges okay. Here's him the thing. And, and 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 suggests he knows but he but knows which way dante Don, is leaning he, he knows, knows and he pushes it okay and but dante it, closes it and he dante does but if at any point randall to the funeral if at any point randall had done the sensible thing and said no don't close the store to play hockey on the roof no don't close the store to go to a funeral no, don't leave me in charge because I'm going to sell cigarettes to a four-year-old. It's like, yeah, no, don't don't leave me in charge because you know I'm not going to give a shit. It's like, yeah, but he doesn't do any of those things, and he is responsible, if if only indirectly, for a lot of the decisions that Dante makes. Randall's an agent of chaos. He is an agent of chaos, but the thing is, is like he also he presents all sides. Whenever he, 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 it's not like he's going at this guy without the dude having any knowledge of the other side, the other choice he could make. It's like Dante's totally aware of the choices he can make. And he's the one that also goes ultimately with- says, 
fuck yeah, I'm going to close the store. We're playing hockey. I was also, supposed to play hockey at 2 o'clock. He also goes with the choice he thinks will be funniest at any given moment and because he, he knows it'll be the most destructive. That's awesome. No. It, it's <laughs> awesome for theory. A, it's in, awesome in for theory. a bunch of 15 to 22 It's awesome for olds. an audience not being an active participant. Yeah. <laughs> okay, granted, and, and, that, and, and I think that is what what Randall ultimately is saying is like, we're not at the point where we need to be that settled person. Um, we but still you should at have least be... a life to, f- and if you're going to be a writer, you can't. Where did you get the idea that Dante's a writer? Dante's from? a writer, right? No. no. Dante's a nothing. <laughs> like Dante's a, a clerk at a quick stop. Yeah. No, that's what he, that's what his whole thing is that he's a no. writer and that Veronica that's wants to go back to once. school. Yeah, there's, there's what literally. What am I thinking then? I don't know. What did I watch? We were talking about writer. I'm a writer. I will say right, be- I will say right before the fight, uh, I, I, I thought about it because it's like, how is Randall screwing this up so bad? I realized because like he realized he realized like Dante's gonna crawl back to Caitlin. Mm-hmm. There's no avoiding that. So let's just get him off the hook with Veronica and let Veronica get on her way and not be caught, you know, being dragged down by Dante anymore. Well, he's he's helping Dante shit or get off the pot, as he exactly. tells him. Yeah. And that leads to the fight. And again, it's like even it's even when Randall's right, he's still a dick. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and he he may make good points. That doesn't make him any less of a hypocrite. Yeah. You can you can be right and still be wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but but that's this is why I'm thinking that Randall's not the biggest dick is because again he knows what he's doing and he knows he's he he's allowing Dante to have the power to say, I'm going to shit. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get off the pot. I need to shit. And it's like, he's offering Dante the ability and offering Dante a vessel to say, yes, I'm going to do this. And and then Dante, his vacillation just kicks him. It just fucking fucks him up I can all be, the time. I can and be like, cruder about this. In terms of dicks, Dante's a grower and Randall's a shower. <laughs> and it just goes back to sure. Randall not making the sensible choice ever. Randall doesn't ever say, sit Dante down and go, look, cheating on Veronica with Caitlin makes you every bit as bad as Caitlin. Don't do that to Veronica. She loves you. You need to sit down and have an open, honest conversation with her. Instead, he chooses to have the conversation with Veronica behind Dante's back. But doesn't they do have the moment where he's like saying, you need to talk to somebody. You need to, you know, if, if you're going, if you want to be with Caitlin, be with Caitlin, but you need to talk to Veronica. And you net she and he knows Dante's not going to do it. But the thing is, he does present it, and and Dante has no problem saying. The only time he actually considers saying, "Okay, I'm going to talk to somebody," is when Silent Bob opens up and says, "You need to do this," and he says, "Oh, that's right, I love her." But the thing is, he should have had already decided that when, so Randall didn't have to do it himself. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Randall's like, okay. And, and maybe it's because he wants to fuck Veronica or, or he it's wants not, to fuck, actually, uh, wants to fuck Caitlin or whatever, but, no. but I don't think he wants to do either of them. But the thing is, it's like, okay, he's not going to do this, but, and, and I like Veronica. So it's like, 
because I really I think he he likes them together and he likes her as a person. He lays the groundwork. He and, says, "I know and, you're not going to do this." All, basically, I know you're not. And, before and, that, yeah, I know you're not going to do this, and it's like, um, uh, and since he's not going to tell you anything, I'm gonna, and. Y- Yes, I it's think too blunt. I yes, think it's too blunt. You're giving Randall too much credit. Maybe I am. It is too much. No, it's yeah. too much but, credit. But because I, but he also, twelve years later, he also I see has the worst arc, timing. Though. He also. Well, we're, notice, we're not talking about clerks know, too. I, I, in the I end know. of that arc, but, but you'll I notice know. you'll notice even when Randall decides to get proactive, it in, it ends in the worst way because every other time Randall's yes. been proactive in the movie. It's been it's gone horribly wrong. <laughs> I.e. the casket. The casket. Yeah. Um. I.e. deciding to demonstrate that he is not a title by spitting water in a guy's <laughs> exactly. face. By, you know, fucking with a woman. I'm not he, denying anything I mean, yeah. at all. So it's also a point of, uh, like like Dave said, if, deciding not to do the sensible thing and, and saying, look, if you won't talk to Caitlin, or not, if you won't talk to Veronica, I will. And letting him know his intentions so that when he does decide to act, it doesn't inexorably screw up something else. And I think... Um, Marion Gigliotti has the best performance in the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Or Marilyn, I think I can't remember her name. Miss Gigliotti has the best performance in the movie when Veronica is chewing out uh, Dante at the end. Really, good. yeah, really, good. yeah. And it turns out, you know, she's like eight years older than anybody else in the cast. Uh, was she the oldest person? And I think, I think she passed away. No, that's Lisa Spoonhour. Oh. The Caitlin, yeah, yes. the Caitlin. actress who played Caitlin. I did read that, unfortunately. Um, I can't remember what the uh, the details were, but yeah, um, she fell ill and battled with an illness for a long time and yeah. eventually passed away. Marilyn Gigliotti plays Veronica. Yeah, she's really good, and and she's really good throughout the. Um, I mean, she has kind of a thankless role, but she does. Jesus, yeah, Marilyn Gigliotti is going to be sixty this year. Yeah, wow. But yeah, yeah, I mean, she she's honestly. <laughs> I think I think in the the, the Dante latched onto that um, relationship because it's like oh she's decidedly the mature one and I don't have to be right yeah because she 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 has an, she knows where she wants what she wants to do she's working toward it she's she's trying to prod Dante into you know getting himself down some another path one of the most heartbreaking is that. She came back and transferred to this school. Yeah, she says that for him to maybe yes. it would influence him to go. That's yeah. I think that's where I got him being a writer was. They maybe. were talking about that. that, that Her entrance into uh, the movie is is hitting that the Chulies guy with a with a yeah. fire extinguisher to get him out. Yeah. yeah, and and their whole scene behind the counter, underneath the counter, and <laughs> got the little sign. Please put the change here. You know, please take the correct change. Please take the correct change. It's just her maturity through the whole film. The her as a character and. Then then when she when she reveals that she came back, yeah, she transferred to this shitty college, whatever you know, local college or whatever, for Dante. And they've only been together what six months? Three, or something. I think it was three. three months. Yeah, all the number I could is think, short, under a year. Yeah. yeah, all I could think about during the scene of the two of them laying on the floor of the quick snuff is yeah. how fucking gross <laughs> it must be back there. <laughs> well, at least it was in the bathroom. <laughs> You think anyone can see us down there? Yeah. So why you want to make out? Um, no, he is. He says have sex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. But yeah. Um. But and 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 
let it be said, I, I don't disagree with any of you all about Randall. I'm trying to be very sympathetic towards Randall because... You're just playing Randall's I, advocate. I'm playing, <laughs> I'm playing Randall's advocate because um, like the Samuel L. Jackson characters or like the, I, I don't know, like Reservoir Dogs, the Chris Penn characters or whatever that, that Tarantino writes and almost accidentally become really wonderful characters to listen to or like the Eric Stoltz character in Pulp Fiction or something, you know, uh, uh, Randall can kind of becomes that for Kevin Smith's early stuff, you know? And it's like, how does Randall get the best things to say? <laughs> well, that <laughs> like, kind of becomes an ongoing theme for Smith because getting ahead of ourselves here, that's, um, kind of Brody's thing mm-hmm. in mall rats yeah. and then Holden's thing and chasing yeah. Amy. Yeah. Uh, he he's always writing his main characters are always extensions of himself also um like dave like dave said earlier he's kind of randall also kind of exemplifies that one friend that everyone has oh yeah it's like the the one who is if he's not an asshole he has asshole tendencies and it's just like yeah but you know him and you know when he's trying to cross the line and when he's not it's a you'll make allowances he's the constant how can you still be friends with that guy yeah Because we occasionally have a fight and destroy a whole store. You know, it's like I almost choke him to death occasionally. So it's okay. (laughs) Knowing that Kevin Smith worked there at the actual quick stop during the filming of the movie and that they had to film at night and he was working during the day just makes it that much harder to look at that shot of the two of them. Oh, with the destroyed snacks. Yeah, Yeah. with the snacks everywhere. Knowing that before the store could open and before they could be wrapped for that night, they had to put all of that shit back. Yeah. Maybe that's the whole cleaning scene. And he probably had to pay in advance so he'd had the stock to, to pay for that stock so he could destroy it during that fight. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, so that is the discussion of uh, 1994's Clerks. So um, we kind of, I counted our uh, 100th episode earlier this month as our off-topic episode. So in February, we'll have another off-topic random episode before we discuss Mallrats. And then coming up the last weekend of January is the WWE's pay-per-view Royal Rumble. And there's also, I'm pretty sure, an NXT TakeOver coming up pretty soon. So we're going to be having a lot of content. It's going to be one of those um, like t- two months back-to-back where we have a whole bunch of episodes coming out. And then we're probably going to hit a dry spell again. And and as of now, as of this moment, uh, end of February will also be the Mad Monster uh, time we have. So um, we may have announcements regarding that as well when i i know i know what you're getting at i know you always want to do this we've tried doing the mad monster no 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 just what we experienced that oh yeah yeah. we might have something every time we've attempted to record a podcast about we could just make that a teeny talk yeah we could do that um so yeah stan uh you don't want people to find you online i know that (laughs) Uh, so chris if people want to reach out to you i'm on the book Yeah, you are on the book. Good luck searching for a Stan Lee on Facebook. I won't friend you for several years. I'm going to put that out there. Um, But I will. If people want to talk to you online or reach out to you, Chris, where can they do that at? I mean, I guess if they want to, they can argue with me on Twitter. I'm Chris the OK. All right. And if you want to reach out to me or follow me online, the best place to do that is going to be Instagram, where I am 
at DB Hensley. If you would like to find out more about Long Walk Productions, you can visit our website, longwalk.us. If you'd like to see some more of our original content, you can follow the link to our YouTube channel in the show notes, along with a link in the show notes to some of our older episodes that are streaming on YouTube. You can also like Long Walk Productions and Long Walk Podcast by searching for us on Facebook. And if you enjoy this show, please make sure to leave us a rating and a review on whatever platform you are listening on thank you very much for listening peace out you open i'm not even supposed to be here today i'm not even supposed to be here today